So welcome back to the Awesome Boom podcast. I'm here with Bill Munro and he is the CEO of Honest Hemp Company from the US. Yes. Hi, Bill. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank Thanks you for having me thank, on. Oh, you, my friend, you're more than welcome. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation. So I, let's just go straight in. Yeah. Let's talk about you and uh, your company and why you entered this space and all of that sort of jazz. Yeah, sure. So um, my story is pretty uh, uh, intimate with cannabis. It started... Um, well, really, my older brothers had been growing cannabis for years when I was growing up. They're always in like, it's all black market at that time, right? You know, so um, growing pot in the basement or in the garage or, or outdoor in the summertime in Michigan, you know, it was like a regular thing. We were raised in a very conservative Christian agricultural farming type community. And so for me and my upbringing, um, I was pretty straight laced and it was always taboo and always kind of shunned and, and it was what the bad kids did. Right. So, um, I had an interesting perspective and, uh, view of cannabis growing up, but I got into a snowmobile accident when I was 15 years old. So, um, hundred miles an hour to a dead stop, uh, did not, not intentional. I didn't see a ditch coming up. We were riding in a field. There were four of us. Didn't see a ditch, launched the snowmobile 75 feet and crashed on the other side of the bank, right? So at 15 years old, I broke both arms, both legs, four ribs, punctured a lung, had a contusion on my heart. Four surgeries later, a bunch of metal in my body, didn't walk for five months, like crazy. Hurt like hell, like nuts, right? Just all smashed up. So um, I got through that, got introduced to cannabis about five years later when I was in college. Um, one of my professors said, you should look at uh, cannabis for treatment of pain and inflammation and things like that that are kind of residual. I was 20 years old at the time. And that was really my proper introduction where my like mind opened up, went to college. So I like starting to understand some more worldviews, get out of the small rural Christian community and like start understanding things a little bit better just growing up, you know, and got introduced properly to cannabis not to smoke or get high but actually to use it for medicinal benefits so taking the oils and rubbing it on your joints and rubbing it on uh just on your body where it hurts so i did that started playing around with it and and that was kind of my entrance so interesting so so you weren't actually sort of really smoking it you were already no. sort of creating new ways of applying it to your body yeah well I, you know it took probably 3 months before i was convinced that i should even consider cannabis as as a form of treatment so um in michigan winters are brutal it's cold 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 might as well be alaska or siberia it's miserable like it's it's wet cold the wind blows hard snow and ice everywhere right so like when you've got arthritis or you've got um, fibromyalgia or any autoimmune or joint issues um, or like injury, trauma, um, the cold weather doesn't do any good for it, right? So I would have to do like paraffin wax dips in the morning or stretch. Um, I had to add like when I was just recovering, probably when I was 16, 17, 18, while I was still in high school, grade school, I would have to add like 15 or 20 minutes to my morning routine just to get like my ankles loosened up and like be comfortable walking for the day. It's terrible, right? So um, my professor told me, he said, you don't have to, you don't have to smoke it to make it work. Like you can extract the oils and you can put it on your skin and like, you know, it'll penetrate that way and take away some of the pain without getting you high. I'm like, all right. So 
after about two or three months of conversation with him and just kind of learning and, and being open to the concept, um, I actually bought a bag of weed from my older brother and uh, soaked it in vodka. And the next morning, um, took the oils that had separated and, and risen to the top, um, separated those off from the vodka, mixed it with coconut oil and started rubbing that on my, on my ankles and wrists. And it worked. Like it took the pain away. The swelling was down. My range of motion was better. Like within minutes. It was very, very instant. So, so I knew there was something to it, did some more reading and researching and then, and then just jumped in and started getting involved. Um, that was in 2008 and, uh, in Michigan, they passed their medical marijuana laws in 2008. So I got my Michigan medical marijuana card. So it was legal, which was an important thing for me. I didn't want to do anything black market or illegal like my older brothers did, right? They'd all been like slapped with misdemeanors or been in and out of jail and like little stuff like that for just being stupid kids, you know? And, um, well, I say stupid kids, but like really, should it be that big of a deal to like grow pot and sell it? No, it 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 shouldn't be a big deal. Should it really? Not at all. Um, but it is in a lot of places, of course. So here being one of them, um, many States in America still being one of them. Um, Canada, awesome that they're starting to open things up and being the first G7 that, that, to do oh, that, that right? That's going to be really exciting, Canada. Tremendous. Yeah, very exciting yeah. indeed. It'll be interesting to see how it rolls out and how like international trade works and stuff like that with places like Jamaica and Dominican and, and Colombia and Uruguay and some of the other places that are that have legislation in, in favor of that. But um, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Yes, right? Oh, yeah, I, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's a huge, huge step. And... Um, I was laughing the other day because whenever you sort of think that things are beginning to sort of move forward, I was read an article where uh, U.S. border force will sort of prevent any Canadian coming into America now if they've got anything to do with cannabis investment or in cannabis industries and stuff like that. Yeah, and that is just another sort of sort of face palm where you're just like, oh, Jesus, you know, we're, we're moving forward, we're, we're actually getting somewhere, but then there's still these sort of stupid little roadblocks sort of thrown up which just seems it seems a bit petty well and i think in government there's so many different agencies and bodies that regulate different divisions of government and they all want their opinion their voice to be heard they want to feel like they're doing the right thing by their department to you know put the right regulations in place and then ultimately they all want a share of the revenue I mean, that's all it really comes down to at the end of the day is money money. how how the money is going to flow and how you make everybody happy around that there will, no matter where cannabis is legalized around the world, there will always be a black market. There always has been. There always will be. Legalizing it just provides safe, controlled access to people who wouldn't normally go and do a drug deal or buy some cannabis from from a, a dealer, right? Um, the school teachers and the police officers and things like that. When it is legal and it is looked as a, a medical or recreational drug in different major countries some of these people that are not uh going to be punished for for showing thc on a drug test will be regular users right and that's okay um there will always and always have always will be always has been a black market and it's just legalizing it just allows the government to cash in on some of that tax and provide safe access to people it's just like astonishing to me that Governments haven't moved it along faster and recognize that, especially with the years now of data and history that we can see from places like Colorado and Washington and Oregon that have done wonderful things with cannabis, rebuilding schools, rebuilding roads, senior citizen programs, 
educational programs. There's all sorts of like development and betterment going on because the government is now cashing in on tax from what is already just an existing black market. Right? Yeah, exactly. Just Why makes you, sense. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. Why do you think that there is this sort of this sort of still this sort of challenge why why in america are you know why are the why is the federal government still making it difficult you know why why hasn't trump just gone look you know states are going ahead and legalizing you know as you say rightly so you can see clear data from you know colorado california where you know the sky's not falling in teen use isn't going up actually teen use is going down um, you know, there's less domestic violence, there's less road traffic accidents. Opioid usage. Op- exactly. I mean, that, and that's a huge issue in America alone, isn't huge. it? Huge. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a huge It's huge, almost huge, like one of your number one public enemies. Sort of. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like, uh, you know, Reagan, um, you know, declared the war on drugs. Public enemy number one is drugs, and, and we're waging a war on drugs, right? And that was back in with cocaine and, and things. But now prescriptions and western medicine and pharmaceuticals are are ruining a lot of people's lives mm-hmm. getting them addicted to foreign substances chemicals that re- quite literally cannabis can help so many of those cases not everyone of course you there is a place for pharmaceuticals and western medicine but the cannabis plant and hemp do so many wonderful things for people and balance them out and help restore damage and and repair problems be it a disease or a virus or an injury or trauma or stress and anxiety and sleeplessness and and just body imbalances right so your question why isn't it just legalized why doesn't trump just say hey we're doing this um with everything there needs to be a period of education and enlightenment you got to get the general public to buy in right so um i think one um along with figuring out the tax like brackets and where the money flows and things like that. That's a huge challenge, of course, figuring out how to enforce it and how to implement it and what agencies are going to oversee that. Like bureaucracy just takes a lot of time to get through it. I do believe my personal opinion is that um, cannabis legalization will be on Trump's reelection platform in a couple years. And if it's not, I don't think there's, any chance in hell that he's going to get reelected, um, especially with where Canada's going and where some of the other countries are, are making advancements. Um, and certainly the Democratic um, um, nominee or candidate will be absolutely pro-cannabis. With, I mean, without question, that will that will happen. Yeah, I mean, that's surely going to be a vote winner, isn't it? Because I mean, you know, everybody, you know, anyone who's involved in the industry states who want to sort yeah. of continue down that route uh, yeah. are surely going to be very supportive with any progressive politician who does decide to... Uh, make that big leap yeah and i think the other thing too is just getting the the general public buy-in right so now um just recently within the last i'd have to look at the polls don't don't quote me on this but i'd say within the last nine months maybe six months finally the general consensus the polls show that i think the number is like 61 percent it's either 61 or 69 percent i can't remember exactly but it's it's well over 50 percent of americans now believe that cannabis is um, uh, safe and a good option for medical purposes. Not everybody, not everybody believes in recreational usage, which is fine, but opening it up for medical purposes and allowing people to go and find alternatives to opioids and things. I agree. I, think I, mean, I, think, I think if nothing else, 
we have to we have to address the whole medical issue because we you know who has any right to prevent someone from using a type of medicine that they wish to use you know when they're in their you know hour of need i think it's it, this this whole sort of psychology behind this i just i fail to i fail to understand and I, I never have yeah you know how you know we've known for a very long time that cannabis is a, a very valuable medicinal plant yeah and yet you know that that same old rhetoric has been banged out you know the british government's you know it's got herbal cannabis has absolutely zero medical value whatsoever and that's been their rhetoric for for, for years you know you know the last sort of 30 40 years since well, it was sort of made illegal well it was 45 years ago i think early 70s yeah it was taken it's taken off you know the gps being allowed to potentially prescribe it yeah and i i like the direction where this is going getting into the history a bit because that I, I think it's really important for people to know like how this cannabis conversation started and and how it's evolved and why it is where it is and you know back to your statement of why isn't it just legal why doesn't trump just do it another big part of american politics and, and many other places in the world all comes down to money and power and there are huge pharmaceutical companies that are cashing in on all the opioid usage and the the just vast reliance on Western medicine and Western pharmaceuticals. I mean, people like stub their toe and run to the doctor, right? I mean, it's it's not nobody. I can't say nobody. So many people are reliant on that system that they've forgotten that we've lived many generations and taken care of ourselves with what we can grow in our backyard, what we can raise in the front yard, with what we can like surround ourselves with and find remedies for you don't have to just run to some you know institution that is supposed to fix you it doesn't it doesn't work like it hasn't worked like that in history, I, right? listen I, I i totally agree with everything you've just said um we have we've almost lost the art of taking responsibility for our yeah. own health and we now expect yeah we you know anything goes wrong i'm just going to go to the doctor and he's going to find me a pill i'm going to take it and that's going to make the problem go away Instead of, I guess, addressing, you know, addressing our health on a on a on a much more proactive yeah. approach, I think it's. I, I mean, all, we're, we're we are a composition of molecules and energy. That's all these flesh suits are, right? So the molecules that we put into it is what makes up what we are and spits out what comes out. You know, like it's what you put in and the value of that makes all the difference in how you perform and what you do and. If you just look at the basics of nutrition and how to properly fuel your body, your brain, you can sort out a lot of the issues um, with what's available to us in the earth, right? Cannabis and hemp are the oldest documented um, uh, cultivated crops in civilized history. There's there's documentation that shows that over 10,000 years ago, civilizations were growing hemp for food and for medicine and for oils and then later as it progressed they used it for shelter for fibers for paper for all sorts of different things right the internet says there's 60,000 uses for hemp 60,000 now incredible i don't know if that means like you can make a piece of black thread and red thread and you can make a door and a door frame and like how do you add up to 60,000 uses right obviously they're not unique uses like you know, medicine, food, the, the primary things, of course, are are structural items. You can build with it. 
um, can take now people are taking the um, the lignin and the gum and some of the um, uh, chemical components and making making uh, polymers and plastics essentially so rather than petroleum based plant based um, medicine food protein you know those are the basics um, but how you get to 60,000 I'm not exactly sure I'd like to see that list or who yeah, estimated that you know, I think it's a little outlandish it'd be, it'd but, be fun to see that list yeah, just, right? to, just to sort of go through it but it, but it does show it shows that it's a highly versatile plant yeah. and uh, it's obviously here for a very good reason yeah grows on six continents like indigenously just naturally feral in in six of the seven continents um many civilizations have used it throughout uh history uh in america it was uh hemp was the second largest traded commodity in all of america until 1937 when our prohibition came about from this crazy idea from this guy named harry anslinger who decided that a marijuana tax act and eliminating marijuana cannabis from pharmaceutical usage from regular trade from easy access from general stores just eradicating that completely was a good idea and that's essentially what happened in 1941 in america so about 30 years before it happened here um cannabis was eradicated and hemp along with it and then since then, we've replaced a lot of the paper supplies with cotton. We've replaced a lot of the building supplies with, with timber and lumber. Um, a lot of the medicine with pharmaceuticals. Um, a lot of the food supplements with, with other alternatives for, for protein and, and um, grain meals, like corn and wheat and things like that. And it's just been a spiral of, I mean, it's one of the most resilient, robust, sustainable beneficial plants to cultivate from an agricultural standpoint readily available and and indigenous to many different regions anybody can grow it super easy it's a weed after all right super resilient just get rid of that whole thing and and you know part of that is greed and power some of the big magnates that that existed then um had a big hand in lobbying for that cotton industry soared after that timber industry jumped significantly after that and then pharmaceuticals, Western medicine, just has gone gangbusters since. And it's 80 years later, and now we're just finally undoing, you know, as of 2014, now we can legally grow hemp for industrial and research purposes in America, right? I mean, I think you guys have almost got stricter <clears throat> rules on hemp than we have. I don't know all the ins and outs uh, here in UK. I don't know exactly what, what the, the legislation is. I know like, you know, 0.2% THC and it's got in the cultivation side. I don't know what your registration process is to well, get a license. Apparently or anything, it's, but. It's, it's pretty easy. I think the license fee is about three to 500 pounds and you just got to explain where the land's going to be, the purpose behind it. And, uh, but yeah, I, I know a few people with licenses and it wasn't, it wasn't hard to yeah. sort of do and, and they're not that fussy about it yeah. there's not like the severe checks sure constantly so in the states where it's legal it's pretty um there's 19 states currently where you can legally cultivate hemp they've got a an industrial hemp pilot program is what the the government calls it and although it's still federally a gray area there's not really clear definition what they have agreed on is that it's a, a state's rights issue and so if a state wants to 
put in place an, an industrial hemp program, they can do so without the federal government interfering or coming in to, to stop it or issue fines or anything like that because it's not clear in the federal code, right? There's a new bill being negotiated right now, though, an Agricultural Act of 2018. They renegotiate it every four years. And once this passes, it's literally a negotiation right now in, in October, um, they will officially have hemp as a as an agricultural commodity again. It won't be a gray area. It won't be, it'll be just clear and cut, which is nice, finally. And what, what do you think the hemp will be used for? What's, what's, what's the main interest? Well, in the states that have the pilot program right now, you're required to cultivate hemp for industrial research purposes. And that's a pretty broad allowance of different uses. So right now, there's companies, well, there's companies like mine, Honest Hemp Company, um, iFuse, a number of different CBD-based companies or hemp extract-based companies that produce products for ingestion or topical application or vaping or things like that, pet products as well. So the medicinal side or the, the dietary supplement side is huge and that will continue to grow. There are people that are using the leftover materials, the the stalks. So you get all of the, those valuable oils from the flowers of the plant, right? And then you've got the whole rest of the plant. You've got the stalks and the stems and the fan leaves and things like that. My introduction to hemp five years ago in Colorado was doing a cattle feed supplement through dried hemp biomass. So we grew hemp for seed, not for CBD production, but for seed. We gathered the the hemp seeds. Uh, it was really a genetic project. So we were growing different varieties of hemp and and pollinating them and then taking those seeds and replanting and just trying to stabilize some genes. And what we did with the biomass, my partner at the time, Eric, had his family's got something like 60,000 head of cattle in Nebraska. And we took the biomass, dehydrated it, um, milled it, chopped it up, and then used that as a, a feed supplement. And we're tracking the, the addition of protein, the fat to protein, protein ratio, how quickly the cows got ready for slaughter, if it cut it, trimmed any time out, things like that. The results were pretty good. There was a couple percentage uptake in, in protein to fat comparison. Can't remember the exact number. And I think on average, the, the test group of, of, 120 cows that we used it on i think their average if i remember right was they they went to slaughter six or seven days before the control group which when you're running a year-round cattle business can be really really significant right so animal feed um animal bedding i heard i read somewhere that the queen beds her horses on hemp uh, hemp um like like sawdust essentially right on hemp bedding I don't know if that's true or not, but I read that somewhere online a couple of years ago. Never really looked into it or 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 I mean, po- the validity possi- of it. Po- possibly. I mean, I know Prince Charles is quite quite pro on all of that sort of yeah. stuff. Um, construction products. So you take that same biomass and mill it in a different way, dry it in a different way, mix it with some other some other ingredients, and you can so you like Hemp Creek. Hemp Creek. Yeah, I find that fa- fascinating. It's amazing. So some studies I've read also. The, when, you, when you're pouring a slab or pouring concrete, uh, you put rebar, put steel in it, rebar, things like that um, to add to tensile strength and so it doesn't, so it doesn't break under, under changing ground conditions and things and temperature. 
what they found in some tests is that there's a a in normal concrete if you don't want to go full on and use hempcrete or if that's not a, as easy to approve in a particular jurisdiction they've got this hemp like uh, mesh like mat almost so rather than putting a bunch of rebar in what you do is pour like a typical slab might be six inches thick right you pour like two or three inches of the slab and then you roll out this this mesh this hemp mesh it's like a big roll of like think of it like burlap right like a burlap but roll a burlap that you would roll out on a garden same thing you just kind of roll this out over the concrete and then pour the rest of the concrete in it and that's the now the binding agent rather than steel rebar they did some tests on it some accelerated tests with temperature and with um with ground movement and it was like three or four times more forgiving and lenient before the concrete would actually crack and buckle. So now they're looking at it for like earthquake zones and things like that. I mean, it, the material is phenomenal. Hemp is incredible, right? There's more clothing companies now that are coming online. People are building with it. We're using it for, um, have been for food for years and years and years. Manitoba Harvest in Canada, a huge food company has been the world leader in in hemp-based foods, protein powders, shakes, um, oil, hemp seed oils, things like that. It's very, very valuable for nutrition as well. Yeah, because I mean, isn't it, for us, for humans, one of the most nutritionally rich foods, the, you know, the seeds, you know, covering all of our, yeah. all of the amino acids we need, all yeah. the essential fats. It's incredibly valuable. I think I it read really somewhere, and, I, and again, I don't know if this is right. I'm sure someone will <coughs> correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but they they sort of suggested that a kilo of hemp could keep uh, an average man alive for a month, just hemp seed. I would provide be with enough, enough nutrition. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's packed with protein, yeah. great aminos, um, vitamins. It's it's a very very. I mean, that's why it's been cultivated for ten thousand years in civilizations. It's I mean, true. Our ancestors on. weren't idiots. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> I mean, they figured it out. You know, it's uh, it's it's very valuable. Our focus is, I, I really believe when we grow, I'd really like to get the most out of the entire plant, right? You've got all this really valuable biomass and valuable material. A lot of CBD companies are just taking the oils and making CBD products and then the rest just kind of goes to the wayside, which is fine because it's not like you're losing too much. I mean, it grows like a weed. It grows in three months and it's pretty quick and easy. And when you've got leftover dried biomass, if you don't do something with it, it's not like the end of the world, right? It's not a huge loss or like a plastic bottle or it's something just like mulch that. Down, isn't it? Exactly. Yep, mulch down and 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 uh, mix back in. But I think it's you know it's really neat to to look at things holistically and and full circle where we could make the the bottles and the packaging for the CBD products out of the hemp materials and. Just get the most bang for the buck, you know, so to speak, that you can. Um, but our, you know, our, our primary focus is to provide um, healthy alternatives or health alternatives to people, rather than to the top of our conversation, running to the doctor for every little issue. I mean, in general stores in America, until the Marijuana Tax Act went in, if you went in for something, scarlet fever, measles, flu, whatever you might have had. Um, there was always a cannabis solution or elixir or tincture behind the counter in the general store. And that was often what was grabbed because it's just kind of a, I don't want to say cure all, but it fixes so many things. It touches a lot of different areas, you know? So our focus with Honest Hemp and with, with iFuse is to create 
um, quality education for people, giving them a real alternative that they can look to, using all of the the, the proper practices, good manufacturing practices and cultivation, good manufacturing practices in actual production and manufacturing the products, backed up with lab tests, um, doing trials with people, testing the products out on, on a peer, peer review group before we launch anything to market. Just doing things diligently in the right way so there's some validity, some structure, some foundation, and people aren't just finding the next company online and not really sure what they're getting, right? So there needs to be a level of validity and a level of sophistication brought to this industry in general. We're definitely doing that. Um, and I think it's important that people have a viable alternative option to, to pick off the shelf rather than going to the doctor or using pharmaceuticals. I think so. So that's my main drive as much as I love and would love getting into some of the construction things and fiber things and stuff. It's just really not my focus. There's a lot of companies that are doing that really, really well, and we'll support them with our biomass and, and things like that, anything that we can. Um, but the medicinal side, like just healing the world and helping people live a better life and feel better every day is, I don't think there's anything more rewarding than that. No, I, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, as a, uh I was having a conversation the other day. It's, I think, this day and age, it's much needed. There's so many people out there who do suffer and struggle, and you know, I, I think, you know, adding cannabis, you know, hemp products to your sort of day-to-day sort of regime, I think would benefit a lot of people. My mm-hmm. wife recently started taking CBD, and she was, she was adamant she was never going to sort of sort of do anything cannabis related it's not something which has ever interested her i mean she's probably had the occasional vape um but she started taking 25 milligrams of full spectrum cbd oil every single day and just a little gel cap and she's noticed a huge difference you know like like a real difference and my wife's one of those sort of people where if she wasn't experiencing something positive from it she would have just gone you just found them on the side yeah but they're always in her bag and you know she takes them whenever she feels the need i've started actually introducing 50 milligrams of uh, cbd uh, before going to bed um how do you find it really good historically i've been a bad sleeper i've been a, I, was, I was insomniac when i was younger terrible sleeper and a really really poor sleeper for actually most of my adult life until last year when i went off and uh drunk ayahuasca and since then, I've been able to pretty much, I could go like 12 hours wow. straight through. But I still will wake up sometimes, you know, if my brain is busy, I've got a lot going on in my head, I will tend to sort of wake up midnight, midway through my sleep. And I found now with the 50 milligram of CBD, you know, take it an hour before going to bed, I definitely feel much more relaxed. Mm-hmm. If I am sort of, you know, waking up, slightly is that just a sort of slight wake up and then you're going back to sleep again in the morning i feel fresher um so yeah huge difference and actually i mean i've been using cbd for a couple of years now and um like vapes vapes of cbd during the day will just help you sort of get through the day without sort of having to think oh you know maybe i want a glass of wine or something like that yeah you know, so I th- it's I th- funny you use that analogy on glass of wine, and I'm actually smoking on one of our vapes right now as we're talking. But um, this chill vape that I've got in my hand, um, a lot of um, drivers in 
busy cities. Like I live in Vegas um, when I'm in the States and traffic is crazy right now. They're doing all sorts of construction that's supposed to go on until like November of next year or something. All the highways are terrible right now, right? Just gets really jammed up and whatever. Super stressful. Yeah. For a lot of people, right? It doesn't bother me so much. Yeah. I try not to get too worked up about much, but um, for a lot of people, it's just very, very stressful. And having a, a CBD vape, a chill vape, or a, a relaxed vape, or something like that just in your cup holder to grab in the moment when you're white knuckling on the steering wheel. And this is, I think, part of the education, what people need to understand. It's not something where you've got to wake up in the morning and take these two capsules and do this routine. And it's, it's not, That's not how it works in, in regular life, right? Like CBD is such a quick-acting molecule in our bodies and our bodies know exactly where to put it where our bodies need it most may not be the area you're having pain in it might go to inflammation or anxiety or stress or lowering cortisol levels or something in your body that you can't necessarily feel um, and having something quick and accessible having the capsules in your bag like your wife does having a tincture in your bag having a vape in the car or in your pocket and just grabbing for it when you need something is so important. And that's what changes your everyday life and how you respond to things. Imagine somebody at work, sales job, under pressure from their boss, cold calling, doing dials, managing customers, whatever it might be. Somebody in the office is pissing them off. Like just all of this stuff coming at you in a normal work day for a lot of people to be able to grab something that will round the edges Back to the glass of wine analogy, I use that analogy a lot. Like, what does CBD do? What am I going to feel or experience with CBD? I get that question all the time. You don't necessarily feel something. You're not going to get high like with cannabis. There is that stigma with marijuana, of course, because it's in the same genus of, of plant family. And it's been associated with it for so many years. You won't feel that feeling. I'll caveat that with as long as you know the quality and the manufacturing of the CBD you're getting. And it is kind of a bit of a wild west. There's all sorts of companies out of left field that that don't do testing and that don't know what levels of THC are in it and don't take the time to mitigate the THC out. So that caveat in for anybody new to CBD, definitely one recommendation is know your farmer, know your manufacturer, and you know get the lab test to back it up so you know what you're taking. But you won't really feel anything. It's like almost the absence of a feeling. Like the first glass of wine or a cigarette for some people just kind of rounds the edges and like, it's like a, a deep breath, right? Like you feel a little bit relaxed. That's what those molecules do for a lot of people. Same thing with CBD. It's like kind of the absence of a feeling. You're not going to feel so tense on the steering wheel. You're not going to feel so worked up and frustrated at your coworkers or so anxious, you know, throughout your work day. And it really is that quick and that easy. Like grab the tincture out of your desk drawer, put a a pipette or a a milliliter under your tongue for 10 seconds, swallow it, and then like consciously be alert and aware about what your state is five or 10 minutes from now. And it is as quick as that. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so, I mean, it's absolutely tremendous. And I think in general, if people could be less uptight and wound up and anxious and stressed, a lot of their health problems go away right from that. Sleep gets better. There's not as many fights at home. There's not as there's not as many traffic accidents because you're kind of jammed up. There's not as much cortisol going through your body with high inflammation and low metabolism and everything you know that trickles down from there. 
um, just taking those one little steps, you know, like they say in, in health or in fitness, just taking the time to walk up the steps and stay, instead of taking the elevator two flights, right? Like it doesn't seem like much. You're doing 30 steps maybe, but all of those little decisions add up to something really big and really good. And CBD is definitely one of those. It's, I mean, it's, and I'm not trying to soapbox or anything here or, you know, or preach about it, but it's, it really is that literal and that it can be that much of a game changer in your daily life with just a simple action. I think people really need to hear that and recognize that. Uh, listen, I mean, uh, Bill, I completely agree with you. I mean, I've, I've seen it. I've seen it for, for years. Yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons why I started using cannabis and um, I microdose it for a vape. Uh, so I need to sort of really consume probably only about a gram of cannabis oil in a month. Oh, so, wow. it is, yeah. so it is very much micro using yeah. it. But it, you're absolutely right. You bring up a really good point that, you know, so many people in this day-to-day world, you know, are running around, you know, living in London. You know, London is a busy, stressful mm-hmm. city, you know, and and you see it. You see people on the edge. You see people struggling with pressure and yeah. emotion. And, and actually, they would, you know, and probably a lot of those people are actually maybe even taking pharmaceutical drugs to try and, you know, Im- improve their lives. Or going to see a psychiatrist or going to therapy or, or things like that that may not be the solution or the answer it's just the one that's been provided for them you know like oh you're frazzled you're worked up you fight with your spouse because of that you need counseling you need therapy do you really or do you need like maybe some balance you know and does that have to come through conversation or could we look at something like cannabis and it's not the only solution there's many wonderful plants and superfoods in nature that we should be we should be using um, that we're not. But cannabis is one that is just blatant and right in front of us. And the testimonials just, or the testimonies just continue to flood in online. And I mean, you see it every day. It's changing somebody's life yeah. somehow. And, and that's the, that, that's, that's a really nice point actually, because I think where I find it exciting is introducing uh, cannabis products like CBD to people who would never even think about using mm-hmm. a cannabis product. Um, and I've seen it a lot with um, parents with children with autism mm-hmm. and Asperger's and stuff. And you're really seeing this this resurgence now in the UK of them sort of thinking to themselves, look, you know, we've got these children with complex needs. You know, they're tricky, they're challenging. You know, life is tough, you know, for those parents. Kids are going to be on a plethora of medications very often, which don't work, don't make any difference. Yeah. And now you're sort of reading, you know, stories where parents are just giving their children sort of just CBD and it's helping calming them down. Uh, I know a number of parents who do that with their children who've got, you know, pretty extreme autism. And it's made, it's made a big difference. And it's also what's nice about it is it's non-toxic. It's, it's safe. You're, you're not going to overdose on it. I mean, the worst thing I ever experienced on CBD is when I took too much. And it was a lot. Um, it actually made me feel a little bit anxious, um, but that was, but that burnt off mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept well though. I slept very well. Yeah, yeah. And, and everything in moderation, right? And people ask me a lot, how much CBD should I take? And the truth is, everybody is different. Physiology is a crazy, crazy thing. Everybody's metabolism is different. The way their brain functions and and neurotransmits is different. Um, the levels of stress, the different issues in the body are different. So everyone needs something different. And it really is a bit of 
trial and error. We've talked a lot about pharmaceutical companies um, in this conversation. One major reason why Ayurvedic medicine in India and ancient Chinese medicine is not widely accepted by Western medicine is because you can't quantify a lot of the things. It's like a dash of this, a pinch of this, a splash of this, and drink it, you know? And that's kind of your remedy. And on different days, you've got different things being thrown at you, you know, just like the weather. Some days it's rainy and cold. Some days it's hot and sunny. It's it's variable. Same thing with our lives. Some days our moods are sunny and bright. Some days they're rainy and cold. And it just is what it is. It comes with life and situations and environments, right? So you may need to adjust on those days. You wake up with a headache for some reason. You might take a little bit more CBD or you might take a little bit more um, turmeric or you might take a little bit more ginger in the morning if you are if you need some energy. You might. It's all just very fluid, right? So, But I think the, the key is, to your point, and you brought up a really good point too, I love also seeing people that would never consider a cannabis project a product or think it's taboo or think it's, you know, the stigma is bad and they can't get around it or it's not for them. It's amazing to, to introduce to them like something that is safe and clean and healthy and actually does something effective. Um, the, I think part of the, um, understanding of cannabis products right now and cannabis usage be it hemp or marijuana is like to fix problems like cancer or autism or diabetes or epilepsy a lot of things we read about and it's not that at all i mean this is a daily supplement that all of us should be incorporating just oh, I, I for completely agree. regular <laughs> health and and well-being quality of life um and i think that's part of the education component too i mean you you're in the industry you probably hear it all the time that Oh, is that that stuff that cures cancer? Is that that stuff? Oh, cannabis oil? Is that? It's it's yeah. The the the, the curing cancer ones always. Uh, always so people associate it with. Yeah, right? it's a huge button for people or, or recognizing fact. Well, I mean, absolutely, because I mean, sadly, you know, cancer is an absolute scourge on our society. I mean, I don't know what the figures are like in the U.S., but um, here they reckon that uh, one in two of us will get cancer in our lifetime now. God. You know, so fifty percent of everybody in the UK is going to get cancer at some point, and you just like, for me, I just can't get my head around that. That that it, I think it's just absolutely bonkers that we we live in this day and age where we we can travel to travel to other planets. You know, our technology is incredible. Our understanding is of of lots of things is is vast, but we still don't seem to be able to get our head around. You know, why on earth? Our cancer rates exploding why on earth are lots of human conditions just getting more and more exacerbated and, and more and more serious and um I, I wish i wish plant medicines were much more utilized because i agree with you i totally agree i've always i've always said this i think i think how a lot of people use cannabis um you know we call it traditional use you know just rolling it up smoking joints i don't think that's I don't think that's the best way to use it at all. Um, but I totally agree with the idea of having a, some sort of daily supplement that you're going to take. You know, I, you know, I've taken cannabis capsules, low dose cannabis capsules. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one to one ratios, 10 milligrams each, you know, you take one in the morning instead of a coffee mm-hmm. and, you know, you might take one mid afternoon, 
you know, and that's a tiny amount of mm-hmm. product you use, but you kind of get to eight o'clock in the evening and you're like, wow, you know what? Today has just been a good day. Yeah. I, I haven't felt stressed. I've been focused. I've been able to work. And that's what really interests me. You know, mm-hmm. when I was younger, I used to enjoy, you know, I enjoyed cannabis. You know, I enjoy the high. You know, mm-hmm. it was fun to socialize with friends, you know, have a couple of beers and then finish yeah. off the evening by having a smoke. But actually much more as I've got older, I'm always looking at things to enhance, to enhance my world. I don't want to take something which is going to slow me down, mm-hmm. you know, unless I want to go to sleep or mm-hmm. something like that. But it's, it's much more for me. It's about being productive. It's about keeping my mind fluid, my mind relaxed. Yep. And I find, you know, with cannabis and CBD products that it does help quieten down all the noise in my brain. You know, I've got a very, I've got a very busy brain and, um, that's one of the reasons I've always I've always loved the substance. I've always found it very very useful. Yeah. Um, because it's I believe it's helped me to be a better version of myself uh, from actually quite a young age. And it works in so many levels in the body, down to a molecular level, where it's restructuring and helping your your brain send chemical messages and signaling, and helping your immune system respond to things differently and more efficiently. Uh, helping your central nervous system and your peripheral nervous system function more more fluidly it when you're in when you're improving things on the on the tiniest molecular level one like walt disney's whole concept their entire business model is don't change one thing a hundred percent change a hundred things one percent and if you can do that and obviously they've got wide success and do things with excellence around the world if you can look at it that way where you're just taking one thing and changing little bits one percent it really adds up to your point and kind of your uh, the direction you're in right now which is more productive more focused energized just a better version of yourself to your point it that's exactly what it does and it's um it's not you know going back to it's not just the cancer fighting product or i i only should take it when i'm sick that's not the right answer. You should take it when you live. <laughs> like it's not. It's yeah. Not, don't, don't wait until. Don't, don't wait until, until something sick. happens. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't <clears throat> like take and and not necessarily as a preventative, but like as a life enhancer. I like that. Like that. That phrase just came in my head as you were talking. Like it. It really does just help you live a better version of yourself and enhance what you're doing, whatever you might be doing. But I think I think I don't think there's a person in the world who wouldn't agree with that. Where you can sort of say, some, okay, we're not talking about." changing your life we're not talking about walking around high as a kite all day we're talking about literally just tweaking you yeah so every single day you go through it's just that little bit more enhanced it's in a little most, bit easier yeah in a most natural way also so our endocannabinoid systems in our body they produce a couple molecules called endocannabinoids or endogenous cannabinoids anandamide and 2ag and they interact with the endocannabinoid system in the exact same way that cannabidiol does that cbd does and so all we're simply doing like when you were born when i was born do you have any children no no so um if you do one day when your wife gives birth um when in the during the the pregnancy and birthing process and then in breast milk shortly after pregnancy those are the highest measured levels of uh, endogenous cannabinoids in a human body is during the pregnancy during and the birthing creation, process, yeah, 100%. And, feeding, yeah. and essentially, however healthy and robust the mother is, 
She's passing on that immunity or level of immune system in most cases to the child. There's always um, random cases and, and problems where a child will come out with a disease or a disorder or something like that that happens. But in general, the way the process works is the mother is passing on uh, uh, her immune system, essentially, or building the base of the immunity for the child. And that happens throughout pregnancy with nutrition and with exercise and with proper rest and things like that. But your endocannabinoid system or theirs rather is in super drive at that time. And there's a flood of, of endogenous cannabinoids passed to the child. And that kind of establishes the baseline or reservoir or foundation of that child's endocannabinoid system. And our bodies do produce 2-AG and anandamide, just not at high enough levels to help manage a lot of the stuff that we have to deal with today. I don't know. I've done a lot of research. I don't have a conclusive answer on why cancer rates are skyrocketing in some countries and why sickness is, is getting to a place that it is, especially to your point with all of our understanding, all of our knowledge, all of our access to technology, all of the research, everything one could probably propose that it's a big conspiracy and that pharmaceutical companies are keeping people in a state of relative sickness, creating reliance and repeat business, reliance on the government, reliance on big pharma, things like that, controlling how people function and, and the way that they live, right? That would be a pretty, I don't think it would be too crazy to think I, that. I think a lot of people would, uh, you know, would consider the same i would like to think most people are good and that that there's not some grand scheme and some like crazy stuff going on with with control at that highest level but you've got to scratch your head and wonder why can't we figure this out or like why hasn't the cure for cancer and aids and and autism and diabetes been released like why well, i think i mean the cancer one is, is is one which interests me a lot and you know i mean i get i get hundreds of emails every single month from people you know who've you know, being diagnosed with cancer, one of their loved ones are being diagnosed with cancer, and they're, you know, straight away they're sort of, you know, talking about cannabis oil, you know, as a as a, as a cure for it. Um, I always I always think it's very dangerous to sort of talk use the word mm -hmm. cure because um, it think, is, and it's illegal too, also, right? Course, so like, yep. that's another thing about this industry is maintaining compliance and and doing things, even though the laws are a little bit restrictive, not a little bit, they're quite restrictive and quite difficult to navigate. And without proper legal advice, just reading it for what it is, is nearly impossible to figure out, right? For, for any, any average business owner or person in or outside of the industry. So yeah, you're absolutely right. You can't say cure because there's no clinical trials approved by food and drug regulatory agencies in different countries that have seen cannabis cure um cancer or any other disease for that matter well so, we've got we've got this thing in the uk called um cancer act i can't remember which year it was like early part 1920s something like that maybe a bit further on and um yeah it's it's, it's illegal to suggest anything can cure cancer it's crazy to the, like and it's all yeah you know and, and, and actually when you look into it there over the last sort of 20 years there have been people who've been prosecuted and jailed for creating a product and saying that it cures cancer yeah labeling is a really important really important thing and compliance and labeling is is huge um we uh in honest hemp company and in in ifuse um which is more of a 
lifestyle brand, not nearly as uh, supplemental or I, I don't want to use the word medicinal, but you know what I mean when I say that, right? It's not a, a supplement that people would grab and take, um, but more of a lifestyle thing. But in both cases, maintaining compliance with uh, FDA labeling requirements, not making claims, not putting it in people's head that this could take away your pain or this could help you sleep or this could help you um, fight cancer or fight a disease. And we're not allowed to say any of that, even though people are looking for answers for all of that stuff and trying something. And this will help in a lot of those cases. It's not the one thing that'll do it necessarily, but. But why do you think they've got such an issue where you, you, you can't suggest that, you know, one of your products might help you sleep or, uh, you know, what, what, what's, what's the issue there? Do you think, I mean, money and money, power, money and power. Again. It always comes back to that, right? I mean, as you peel the onion back and just get like beyond the layers, it always comes back to money and power everywhere because pharmaceutical companies uh, you know the, the, you know it's, i mean the us i mean is, is an amazing place for pharmaceutical adverts you see on the tvs yeah. where you know if you don't sleep if you suffer from stress yeah. or all of these things and you know sell this will fix it and then i always laugh when i lived abroad we'd have american news and you just have this absolute barrage of possible side effects Oh, it's crazy. And I remember watching one advert years ago where they're talking about, you know, depression and anxiety and the side effect is that it could cause suicidal tendencies. And you're just like, <laughs> you're, you're depressed, it- you're anxious, and you're going to take a medication which might cause you to uh, potentially take your own life. And the reason that they have to list that and say those side effects is because in clinical trials, as they were going through that, they discovered that somebody was suicidal or a number of people were suicidal or a num- like there's comedians that joke about all sorts of, you know, like, you know, take this tablet, you know, to brighten your eyes, but you might have this, 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 you know, all these side effects. And, and it's, and it is quite comical, but, but the reality is they've done these trials and in order to be able to say this product will whiten your eyes or take away depression or whatever, they've done a trial and the authorities that be the food and drug administration, the FDA has, granted them a a license for that particular use. But in those studies, they found that all of those problems can come out. And and that's why people are on not one medication, hardly ever. They're always on an additional, additional, additional to offset just the side effects of those one, right? I think, you know, like we sort of uh, lightly suggested earlier, it sounds like a perfect uh, repeat prescription business model to me. I mean, it, you know, you take take this one to help you with your sleep, but then that might give you erectile dysfunction. So then you're going to need to take this tablet. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who um, who struggles with depression, and uh, he's gone for a whole range of different drugs uh, to help with depression. And he said to me the other day, he's like, you know, one of these, you know, few of these drugs, he said, gave him complete erectile dysfunction. And he's hmm. like early twenties. Oh wow! And that in itself you know it's it's not going to be a fun thing to deal with no you know as a young man and you think to yourself what what is in these drugs where it has such a huge effect on how your body operates well we don't really know i mean the scientists and doctors do you know we can read the ingredients but that's all greek or latin to most of us right and what one microgram of one particular molecule does in your body and then you compound that with four other ingredients that all work together somehow create a compound it 
dude, it's a snowball that is so hard to figure out and to i mean once it's rolling down the hill it just continues to grow and grow and grow more problems more issues more pills more and that's just i think how most people experience when they get into that into that pattern or into that system i think that's a really common trajectory for a lot of people we talked about the opioid crisis in america a bit ago and that's one thing that it's just so incredible to me is that people within a day or two or three of using cannabis or hemp based products can nearly completely abort the usage of, of opioids and other, other heavy painkillers. And, I'm, and, I'm, and I, I, th- I think that's, um, I think that's a hell of a, hell of a thing as well, because, you know, opioids, you know, I've used opioids in my lifetime quite a lot. Um, you know, because of various accidents and pain, and they are very, very effective at pain. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> fact that actually, you know, a plant can can rival them, I think, is is extremely exciting. Yeah. And I have you read more stories now of actually people of literally ditching all of their opioids. Yeah. Don't you in the in the, in the US, yeah. which is fantastic news. Yeah. Not it's, so much for big pharma, but. Right, I know. But for people's yeah. health, health. But if and they would just jump on the bandwagon, right? Like, why? Why wouldn't? Well, one because of laws. We talked about why isn't it legal? Because it's classified right now as a Schedule One narcotic, which means it has, by definition, has no medicinal value, and has a very high likelihood for addiction. That's the way they classify cannabis right now. It's absurd, right? It's completely absurd. But if that got changed and reversed, and institutional money could come in and could be introduced um public money could be introduced um uh universities and colleges could start doing research legally and pharmaceutical companies who have vast resources in knowledge in money in facilities to do research why why can't we just progress this whole thing we're not trying to take the money out of the pharmaceutical company's hands although i don't think that would be the worst thing in the world but why not leverage the the resources that they have and have them create some stuff? GW Pharmaceuticals did it, right out of out of England. Here they've got now in America as of June of this year, they've now got Epidiolex and Sativex listed as a uh, a new drug ingredient with the FDA. So CBD is technically owned by GW Pharmaceuticals registration in America. Back to labeling compliance and things like that. There's a chance, and I hate to broadcast this, wherever this podcast will find itself. You know, I don't think this is great news, but there's a chance that GW Pharmaceutical has a case to start flexing its muscle on their registration for all these CBD companies out there that are just widely selling CBD and not adhering to labeling laws. GW Pharmaceuticals has the registration for CBD in America. So labeling a product as a CBD product is infringing on GW Pharmaceuticals registration. And from the eyes of the FDA, it's now registered as a drug in the States. And so now you're technically selling a scheduled drug and you're selling somebody else's scheduled drug just by putting CBD on your label. Very big lawsuits, very big stop sale actions, very big pullbacks and recalls could come out of something like this, right? 
Do you think that's something that GW might uh, decide to do? I mean, you see it in the tech industry all the time. You've got you've got mom and pop shops that are creating a piece of tech or a piece of whatever and think they're onto something when really you look in the files and in the registrations and Google or Yahoo or Facebook already owns all of that tech. They let those guys go on about and develop and create and do do better and better and better, figure things out, and then they just come in with lawsuits and shut them all down and take ownership of all that IP. That's how big companies continue to get bigger. They, I mean, it's strategy. You, you stake a claim, file a registration, let everybody go about their business thinking they're okay, and then one day you show up and you're like, oh, by the way, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. See you later. That's $500 million. Thank you very much. That's how it works. I mean, tech, tech industry is like huge. That happens every single day in the tech industry, right? And, well, and in pharmaceuticals and in, in, in medicine advancements too. There's so many registrations and trademarks and IP and all this stuff that's, that attorneys do so well, you know? So, so with the, just to delve into that, it's just so I understand it a little bit more. Could you, could you bring out a product and just not have CBD on the label? Is that, is that the issue or is it the fact that they potentially own CBD, the actual molecule? So we do, so they don't own CBD, they own the registration to it, right? The active ingredient, so in December of last year, 2017, they, they filed an application, as you do with the FDA, that's got to be supported by clinical trials that shows that there's efficacy to this and it works in a certain way and does a certain thing so you can make these claims, right? They did it specifically for a couple very acute uh, epileptic syndromes for Sativex and Epidiolex. So they don't own the molecule, but they own the registration and the naming rights to it, right? So the, the FDA now recognizes CBD as the ingredient that is causing this effect to help with epilepsy, right? So to be compliant and really the truth behind it with Honest Hemp Company and with iFuse, and I keep plugging the companies and talking about them because, again, I think it's important that people are using reliable, trustworthy brands, not to say there aren't others out there, because there certainly are, um, but they need a direction to go in that's safe because if a person's first experience or access to cannabis or hemp is a negative one because of a shitty product that is not tested and that is not formulated appropriately or that is not stored appropriately or has contaminants, microbials, whatever might be existing in it, if it's not clean, they have an adverse reaction to it, that doesn't help our industry and our mission at all, right? So it's really important, um, but with Honest Hemp, what we do is we used to sell CBD products, but as of the last, I don't know the time frame, maybe six months or so, we've been seeing the writing on the wall with GW's new drug applica ingredient application and NDA with the Food and Drug Administration. Um, once you file that and have clinical trials to back it up, you can get that registration, which they did. So the truth in our company is when we grow our hemp and when we buy other biomass and when we extract it through our, our partner extractors and then when we manufacture it in our facilities, we don't just use the CBD molecule. There's so much more to the plant. Terpenes, flavonoids, other minor cannabinoids, other macro cannabinoids. It's not just CBD or cannabidiol that's doing the heavy lifting. CBG, cannabigerol, is a wonderful, wonderful ingredient. CBN, is a one, cannabinol, is a wonderful ingredient. Um, even different forms of CBD, CBDV, CBDA for different applications are great. Um, terpenes, myrcene, linalool, um, 
alpha humulene, beta carrier filing, all of these wonderful molecules are in this plant do wonderful things in the body as well. So we call all of our products, to make a long story long, we call all of our products hemp extract products, not because they're not just CBD products. We'd be lying to our customers. Granted, that's where all the marketing is. That's the buzz. That's what people are looking for. CBD products, CBD, CBD, CBD. They're not looking for a hemp extract. But if you really like cut it back for what it is, we grow hemp, we extract it, we put hemp extracts into products, not just a CBD molecule. So, um, and that's legal. It's okay because industrial hemp is legal um, under the 2014 Agricultural Act in the USDA. We can legally grow industrial hemp and use derivatives and, and processed products and manufacturers from that. And that's exactly what we do. We grow hemp, we extract it, and we make hemp extract products. And um, with the hemp, do you have do you have to use a certain type of hemp? You know, is there certain, do you have a sort of a list of strains, or is it just hemp, no? It's hemp, not, hemp is hemp. It's not nearly as restrictive as in the EU. Like the EU's the EU, got a very specific like list of twenty or something, isn't it? Yeah, they can expand it. Yeah, it might be more than twenty. I don't know exactly what it is, and. It's funny, America is kind of like the EU in the sense that uh, there are governing bodies at the top, but every state is pretty much its own country as well. It's like we've got 50 countries under America. That's kind of how it works. Some stuff overlaps, but they get to write a lot of their own stuff and tax things their own way. And it's, it's weird. It's a bunch of independent countries, really. Um, but um, as long as we're adhering to the, the proper import um, regulations like there's certain guidelines on how where you can get the seed from there's a process in which to get seed certified and there's all sorts of genetic projects going on we have our own genetic projects in honest hemp where we're constantly trying to create a better strain that might be more resilient more resistant to certain issues mold and mildew um, or or too much excess water lack of water things like that just making the plant a little bit more robust or more versatile to grow in different regions um, so there's a certification project process, and as long as you're in compliance with the THC limitations, that you're not going over 0.3% per so, weight. So you guys are 0.3? 0.3 federally, yep. That's what the, 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 the federal government defines the difference between marijuana and hemp as that THC threshold. They're both part of the cannabacea family, but that threshold of 0.3% THC, if it's over that, it's considered marijuana. If it's under that, it's considered hemp. That's how, how America looks at it. And I know in the EU, the most restrictive con- countries are 0.2%. Some countries are at 0.3%. And then a couple countries are at 1% of yeah, I think know, Swiss, Swiss, Switzerland's 1%, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think so. And I maybe Italy? Yeah, maybe, I think you're right. Are they? Maybe, or I, Spain? I can't remember. There's a couple there's, anyway. There's, def- that there's definitely like, a couple. <laughs> I think um, I think they're looking to potentially bring it bring up the whole of the EU to mm-hmm. 1%, which I think, which I think there's fantastic. a push for that. Yeah. It, would, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah. And a little bit of THC is good. That's another very valuable, beneficial cannabinoid. Doesn't in small microdose quantities does not get you high. People microdose on um, mushrooms, on psilocybin, and for mind-expanding creativity and things like that. Not ever to get you high or hallucinate, but tiny, tiny little amounts of natural substances 
can be very beneficial. Oh, um, I've, I've done know. I've done microdosing of mushrooms for um, a couple of years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you take a, first take, take a tiny, tiny dose, and yeah. you, you know you barely, barely, it's totally susceptible. Barely feel a thing. Yeah, but again, you go and you just go for your day, and come the evening, you're like, gosh, you know what? Today has been really easy. Right. And that's back to that Walt Disney philosophy of changing a hundred things one percent. You know, if you do something. Your body, the way that you respond to a particular molecule, you may not get high or or hallucinate or feel the THC or do anything like that, but it is working in your body. It is interacting with the endocannabinoid system. It is um, helping your synapses and your your CB1 and CB2 receptors. Um, Very beneficial behind the scenes. You may not feel it or see it or recognize it perceptually. You'll go about your day as a normal person, but... There's stuff in the background, hard at work, that's that's doing some good things. Uh, we use full-spectrum hemp extracts in a lot of our products, which do contain trace amounts of THC, all in compliance within reason or within the, the legal limits, lab-tested and verified. And then some products for, for like government officials and military members and police officers and teachers that take our products, we need to have 000 THC just in case they get drug-tested or something like that. Um, that they're not, you know, thought to be inhibited. Or, so, or, are you saying that you you basically do almost like a separate, a separate product lines? So, you know, civil servants, police, teachers who are good, potentially going to be drug tested can use your products without the fear of losing their job or right. being caught. And we don't really we good. don't we don't market it and advertise it in in that way. We we need to to be honest with you. We need to make a bigger distinction because that is a very important point. Um, but we direct people to our, um, just through communication tools and then through when we get inquiries, regular conversation, um, you know, grab this instead of that. And here's the lab reports, but we make our lab reports available to, to everybody to see anyway. So it, they can pull it and see what is what and, and make the decision. It's a shame because I mean, again, uh, referencing Canada, um, I think this week or last week, I read that um, off-duty police officers are going to be allowed to consume cannabis as long as they're fit for duty. So I wonder, I wonder how they're going to get around that with testing. I guess maybe if you test for weed and cannabis, then it's just as long as you're not intoxicated on a shift. I yeah. just thought it was very interesting. That. <clears throat> and I but thought it was very progressive to allow it to say, look, guys, you know, if you're yeah. off-duty... Yeah you want to relax then you know we don't have a problem we don't tell you not to drink or smoke cigarettes no i think that's i think that's wonderful regulation but how how do you enforce it and it's i mean like making the correlation to alcohol um you can't necessarily tell if somebody is high all the time a lot of people have a very high tolerance for cannabis and use it regularly and function regularly on it a lot of artists and musicians and creatives do that all the time and function completely normally. And in fact, if you didn't know that they consumed, you probably never would. Right? Oh, I've, I've, I've got I've got friends, and I've, I've met uh, I've met quite a few sort of different artists and over the years. And um, one of them, I mean, you know, hugely hugely successful. Um, but I mean, it's pretty much nonstop, yeah, all day, and is incredibly functional. Yeah. I mean, and you you actually wouldn't know. You would not. You know. wouldn't have a clue. Totally. You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Put some um, eye drops in, get rid of red eyes. Yeah. Um, get, I mean, you, you literally can't tell yeah, you from have a, a lot of people. So the enforcement of that will be interesting, you know, to find out, you know, if somebody does get in a, 
they wreck a company vehicle. And drug test is one of the first things that you always do for insurance purposes, see who's liable and see like where the fault lies. Um, obviously, if there's alcohol in the system, that's a pretty easy trigger. But if there's cannabis in the system and cannabinoids hang around for a while, I mean, this they, is they it, adhere though, to it? the fatty I mean, tissue and yeah. they're in your body for a while. Yeah. Um, but this is this has always been this has been the worry over here because uh, a couple of years ago they introduced a lower level for testing and um you know i mean i I don't i don't drive living in london you don't need to drive it's public transport but it's always a little bit of a concern and my wife's brought up a few times just like you know when you do rent a car and you are driving you know if they did test you even if you hadn't you know vaped anything for a couple of days because i've been a, a daily consumer of cannabis for 20 years yeah then the chances are potentially you're gonna you're gonna fail that oh yeah and uh, that's a, that's a concern. I think, especially for medicinal users as well, yeah. who you know have to sort of travel around and stuff. Um, I, again, I mean, I don't know how many people in the UK have actually been prosecuted. There's there's definitely been a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's interesting. Yeah, figuring out how to how to test it and how to enforce it is um, it's tricky. Yeah, we'll get it figured out eventually. You know, it'll continue to um, to advance and progress and open up and there will be safety measures and appropriate things put in place um, to protect people, um, keep people honest. But I think there will also be more tolerance and lenience for consumption and regular usage. Um, I think uh, uh, having zero THC products or trace amount of, of THC products available for people and getting their first introduction to cannabis through hemp and hemp extracts is a really, really good channel and a really good vehicle for even if you are drug tested and if you are restricted in your, your employment or, or religion or whatever it might be that's restricting your, your THC consumption, drawing the stark line that, that hemp is not cannabis or hemp is not marijuana and it's, it doesn't get you high and it doesn't do all of these things that bit of education and just helping people understand what it really is, is so critically important. And anytime you're opening a new market, education is always the toughest and most expensive thing. Um, unfortunately. It, yeah. It really feels to me that there needs to be, you know, a huge wave of, of, mm-hmm. of education. I, I don't think we've got anywhere close to getting that right yet. And that's another point where pharmaceutical companies could come in. They have so many resources and money and are tied into universities and have platforms that people listen to. If, if this whole thing could just be looked at from a little bit different perspective, again, I'm not trying to take all of the control and money out of the pharmaceuticals hands. What my mission with Honest Hemp is to provide safe, quality, compliant access to hemp products for people, for the masses. Want them to have effective products when they take them. Want them to feel a difference or the absence of a feeling. Um, Want to make it affordable and want to make it compliant and legal so they don't have to worry about being prosecuted or worry about something something being off or being wrong. How do you how do you feel about the pharmaceutical companies sort of entering this space? This is a very automotive subject in the UK because uh, big pharma is is pretty loathed by you know a, a lot of the sort of general public and and especially a lot of the medical cannabis patients that I I meet purely because they've just gone through the whole 
rigmarole and plethora of different types of drugs which have just made them potentially feel absolutely awful and has never really achieved or ruined what their it, lives yeah, in ruined, a lot yeah, of cases yeah ruined their lives you know the side effects have just been horrendous um, but I, I I'm in agreement with you I I I think cannabis based products or cannabis products at the moment are still very early on in their their evolutionary tract 100% you're right and I think that actually what potentially excites me is that you know a large pharmaceutical company with like you sort of say pretty much endless resources could potentially work out a way of you know modifying the application or how we use this substance and could really improve it and make it so much more bioavailable to us um, and I think that's exciting, but obviously a lot of people are very resident and nervous because of the, you know, the reputation of big pharma. I mean, it's, it's, it's well, we've a- certainly kind of, you know, voiced our opinions on, on pharma and you, I think you can probably deduce where my stance is and my opinions and we've, we've shat on them a bit in this conversation, but the reality is that. Because they're going to enter the market, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're already they're, in yeah. it. They're already. I mean, GW Pharmaceuticals is already in it for one. But if if anybody on this planet is naive enough to believe that big pharmaceutical companies are not doing underground laboratory testing and real, not only with cannabis and hemp, but with synthesized cannabis and hemp, trying to recreate the cannabinoids and the molecules and get the same effect, which it does not work in the laboratory. You can get it under a microscope, the molecules to look identical, have the same weight. It does not metabolize and and synthesize in the body the same way. It simply does not. And we see that with a number of different things. You try to create a substitute that nature provides for you naturally, create that substitute, and it doesn't work as well or it comes with a side effect, right? You can't recreate nature. It doesn't work. In some cases, it does and you get close. In cannabis, it's not there yet. But if anyone is naive enough to think that almost every single major pharmaceutical company is not already doing research and figuring this stuff out. They're simply being lied to or naive. They just don't know the truth because that's the reality of it. Um, I think back to the point of pharmaceutical companies and how, how do I think the perception would be pharmaceutical companies have a really good way of, of creating delivery mechanisms, be it like a, nebulizer vaporizer a certain ingestible injectable whatever it might be i think it might clean up the black eye a bit uh, of the pharmaceutical companies and people's western medicine has its place pharmaceuticals has its place people deal with major issues that need prescriptions and need scientific research to help them deal with that i think it's not needed nearly as much as it's used I think the marketing and advertising and the sale of pharmaceuticals is absolutely disgusting, especially in the States. Most of the ad revenue that goes through the the main channels on airwaves and on the TV and on the internet are from pharmaceutical companies. They've got obscene amounts of money to throw at that and to spend. They're highly profitable companies. There's something wrong and flawed with the system. I think potentially one way, so it does have its place, it's necessary. I think possibly one way, before I say that, the general perception or some people's perception may be that if pharmaceutical companies get into the cannabis or hemp space, they're just going to bastardize it, adulterate it, create products that have 
all sorts of compounds and all sorts of molecules and cannabis and CBD being one of them, but it's still going to come with side effects. It's, it's not going to be a pure good product. And I would believe that too. I think that's probably what is going to happen because that's what they do. They compound things, they mix things, they need something unique for them, for their so brand they can, they can to patent sell. As well. So they get it in the doctor's office, patent it, license it, own it. But I think potentially one thing that could clean up the black eye is if they focused on, or if a or a couple pharmaceutical companies focused on a device and that's their IP and that's what they can protect and sell and make their billions on or trillions. And then the raw ingredient that is used in that or the cartridge that is used in whatever said device happens to be is pure, clean, maybe a full spectrum, maybe an isolated cannabinoid, maybe some compounds of terpenes, but just like we're doing it in the hemp space right now and helping tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and globally millions of people are receiving benefits from, from cannabis just simply extracted from a plant and mixed in olive oil or what have you. If a pharmaceutical company took that approach and kept it clean and took a purist approach and used just a hemp extract and don't mess with it, don't put other shit in it that doesn't need to be there, and then focused on the device as the delivery mechanism that does well, I think they could really gain a lot of trust and really probably do a lot of good for a lot of people. Like a tremendous amount of good. Because I think, no, I completely agree with you. And I think it's a, I think it's a good idea that they'd focus on, you know, the delivery mechanisms and that's all the sort of stuff they can protect. And then allow, obviously allow third party companies, you know, to provide like the capsules or the, the vape carts or, yeah. you know, whatever method you're using. What is your... How excited are you about terpenes? Oh, dude, terpenes make all the difference, right? So I'm still smoking on this chill pen um, from Honest Hemp. And the we we formulate... So all it is is, is hemp extract, right? Um, some flavoring. But then, so, so all four pens, we've got a chill, focus, energy, and pain. And we call them functional vapes. And they do because they perform certain functions. The CBD is the same. The hemp extract is the same in it. The thing that gives the function are the terpenes that are added. They are incredibly functional in the body. It's in nature. There's over so far. We only know that there's about 145 cannabinoids and cannabis, hemp, marijuana are not the only plants that produce CBD or cannabinoids. There's, there's CBD found in echinacea in black pepper plants, in cacao, in hops, in African daisy. There, there's like two dozen plants in nature that produce CBD. It's just in highest quantities in, in concentrations in hemp and in the cannabacea family. But terpenes, so 145-ish cannabinoids, and the new ones are being discovered semi-regularly. Terpenes, however, there are over 50,000 terpenes in nature. Terpenes are responsible for giving plants their aroma, their taste, um, their response to nature, how they deal with pests, how they manage water. Terpenes are very functional and fluid in, in plants. And when we extract them, they do very functional things in the body too. And so I rattled off some of them earlier, myrcene, linoleopinine, alpha-humulene, alpha beta-caryophyllene, some, some pretty known terpenes that are associated with the cannabis and hemp industries um, could help you sleep better, could help give you energy and mental focus, could help take some pain away, deal with some inflammation, balance your mood. Um, they're 
incredible, incredible molecules. And we continue to formulate and mix different, different, and again, they're all natural. They're plant extracts, right? So we continue to just play around with different formulations and see what kind of result and what kind of effect we get. But terpenes are the way of the future in the cannabis industry. Absolutely. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you said, I'm glad you said that. I've, I've always been a, a huge fan of them. And I, I spoke to, um, an American friend of mine who's works for a very large seed company over there. And he was telling me about one of his friends who has a severely autistic child and they've just started dropping uh, terpenes into his water. And he said the difference in this child was incredible. No CBD, no THC, Mm -hmm. just terps. Mm -hmm. And this is something, again, which they're perfectly legal. Yeah. You know, everyone's cool with terps. Yeah. And... um, that just fascinated me. Yeah. I found it very, very exciting that, you know, because I mean, it, all it is, is it's just a more advanced form of aromatherapy, mm-hmm. which we've been using for thousands of yeah, years yeah. to alter our state to make us feel a certain way. Yeah. You know, my wife will get home when she's tired and pissed off and chuck <laughs> lavender, sort of bath salts in it to sort of sit down and go, right, now I can feel yeah, relaxed. But, yeah. You know, so, botanicals uh, are incredible, aren't they? Oh, yeah. It's just fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, so I was very pleased that you sort of agree on that because I think it's going to be a very, very exciting, mm-hmm. exciting field. And flavonoids are another another molecule too that we're learning more about and that, that also take effect. Um, the whole on the cannabis theme, the whole plant is beneficial. You get wonderful protein, wonderful aminos, wonderful vitamins, wonderful medicine, and and supplements, terpenes, flavonoids, and and cannabinoids, and then food and shelter and like clothes paper. Where, like, I mean it's just when you put absolutely it like that, incredible yeah you just kind of think to yourself again it just reiterates the, the utter madness of having so why did pro, why did prohibition happen and why did this like we talked about this a bit too right if any person could grow a weed in their backyard and get food shelter medicine and necessary supplies from it well, then we're not why would re- you need reliance on yeah. anyone else but, right? but that, that's that's it i was having this conversation the other day on another podcast and uh, you know it, it is a system it's a very clever system which is being created where we are we are dependent we do go to third parties like our doctors to to fix us we do look to our government to look after us it is this you know it, it feels a bit like a trap where you know, and you see this in America in certain states where people, you know, you know, aren't allowed to collect water on their land. You know, aren't allowed mm. to, you know, to to grow certain things. You know, if, you know, if you start growing yes. all your own food, you know, someone from the council will come around and go, "Hey, buddy, you don't have a license to do that." And you're like, "Money and power. Money and power. It comes down to control, right? You get <sighs> those two things. You get a good recipe to control whatever you want to control." It's so depressing. Yeah, <laughs> but. Good news is every single day, guys like you and myself and a, a number of other people um, in the cannabis and hemp industries are just, and this is what it takes. This is the education part that we talked about in enlightenment period. People just need to hear the real stories. They've got to hear the truth. They've got to know that there's safe access to different products. They've got to know that it's okay. They've got to know that it's legal um, if it is where they happen to be. So understanding and navigating the complex laws. Um, and just providing an opportunity for somebody to interact with it and to use it. And it's critically important what we're doing. Your podcast, having conversations every day, the club, your business, my business, um, 
other just farmers that want to do something different and cultivate some hemp because they see an opportunity or they want to remediate their land or somehow contribute to this industry. Every single person that's making that decision um, is helping to move this industry in the direction it needs to go and giving people a healthy alternative for a number of things. You know, rather than than beef protein, you can easily use hemp protein as a supplement a couple days a week. And it's more sustainable, cuts down on methane usage. It like the whole, or creation rather, there's just a, again, changing a hundred things, 1% really does go a long way. This plant plays a huge part in that in so many circles, potentially 60,000, right? So it's good work that we're doing and it's, it's, uh, it's with a purpose and it's changing people's day little by little. And the more people's days are changed, the more the world's going to change. Um, not to sound lofty or, or, you know, a little bit spacey about it, but really it can work like that and it can kind of snowball and, and continue to branch out that way. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think, I think we are seeing definitely a, a, a positive shift away. I think more and more people are waking up and realizing, oh, you know, actually, you know, popping all these pills every single day isn't a really good idea. And you know what, it's not really working for me. Yeah. So I might try an alternative. Like with my parents, my parents are sort of, um, you know, fairly relaxed sort of conservative but you know that they, they, they've never been drug users uh you know that well never been drug users i mean they, they they enjoy a glass of wine and a gin and tonic which is one of the most dangerous drugs in the world sure is um but i remember when my father had to have a, a knee replacement and uh so he had his knee replaced and he was just constantly moaning about pain in it and i sent him down a uh, a, a cream a, a cannabis based cream and um I was like, you know, I wasn't sure how he'd react to it, but I was, he did ask for it. So I, I said, I'll send you one down. And uh, instantly he was just like, you know mm. what, this, this, this really works. And they, li- they live in a very conservative, you know, mm-hmm. sort of little sort of town village. And this ointment, this pot of ointment has gone around all of their friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever the friends have got, you know, arthritis in their hands or a sore neck or, you know, some sort of funny skin condition, they don't know, they just whack it on. And it's been shared around, you know, lots and lots of times. And to all these sort of people who would never have never touched a sort of a, a, a cannabis product in their lives. But when it works and when it changes your experience and how you go through life, I mean, that's what everybody is trying to do is have their best experience. In life, but I think that right? going back to your point, I think that's where we'll see this big snowball yep. effect where, you know, more and more people and actually just having these sort of conversations. Grassroots almost. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. And it will start on almost like a community level. It's a bit like the parents in London, you know, with their autistic children who, you know, their kids are bouncing off the walls. You yep. know, it drives them nuts. You know, it's, t- it's difficult to sort of live in that environment. Very, very challenging for a parent and child. And then they suddenly find some, uh, you know, a CBD or full spectrum tincture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the child's behavior dramatically improves. I mean, and as soon as that happens, because their lives are so tough and the medications do have such nasty side effects, they will shout about it. Mm-hmm. They'll get on the internet. They'll talk. You, you, yeah. see, it, you see it on social media now. You yeah. see it on Facebook. It's everywhere. And yeah. it just, Instagram, it, it just explodes. Yeah. You know, because one parent will go and tell 10, those 10 will... Yeah, hundred and again, you got to be careful on like how you say things and how like if you know it's it's not really curing anything, but it's helping to to fix and it's making some impact, right? And there's so there's a lot of 
I think potentially some some crackdown and some things happening with testimonials and the way that they're advertised and pushed. But it is so true. We just had a personal testimony. Uh, we were in Ibiza not too long ago um, with iFuse um, sponsoring an event. And um, I travel with Honest Hemp samples and, and products everywhere because people just need it. And I give away more stuff than we sell, probably. I don't know that metric off the top of my head. I'd have to talk to director of ops. But uh, but we give away so many products because I'm just passionate about this and I care about like changing people's day. And um, there was this, this young woman that had uh, rheumatoid arthritis since nine years old. Um, terrible, terrible, deteriorated body. Um, is having to face like joint replacements and things like that. And she's only maybe young, mid to young twenties, something like that. Um, she, now she's, she's just a young girl now, but she's had arthritis for maybe, if I had to guess no less than 10 years, right. From based on her story. And, uh, Pete, um, one of my partners gave her a, uh, a patch. We have a transdermal patch, um, that is, um, um, time release. So it's good for like two to three days. You can wear it depending on your uptake of CBD and how bad your body needs it. Put the patch like on her, on her neck. And 10 minutes later, she came like running back to Pete to find him and tears in her eyes and saying like her pain is like better than it has been literally in years within 10 minutes of just a simple CBD application. She um, and we gave her some rubs and some tincture and, and some honey and things like that as well. Just a nice little care package. And she, every day since, has had the same experience. That it is managing her pain, taking her pain away in some cases. Just helping her experience and deal with her disease in a much better and different way. Is it curing anything? Not right now. No. Will it help to repair things down the road? Potentially, will other botanicals and other plants and other things she might supplement it, uh, uh, her diet with? Potentially, it all works together, right? So I'm not making any claims. So I want to make that clear. However, her experience is, and probably because rheumatoid arthritis is such an inflammatory disease, an inflammation of the joints, um, and one of the first things that that hemp extracts and CBD target is inflammation, anxiety, stress, mood balance, inflammation are hand, hands down research-based the first things that CBD targets. Now what comes along with that for a lot of people is pain relief, is better sleep, better digestion. There's a lot of things that come as benefits to that, but that's what it targets first and the way that it works in the endocannabinoid system. And so her inflammation was obviously targeted very quickly and then that in turn reduced the pain, uh, the inflammation in her joints and the pain that, that her body was experiencing. Every single day she's been writing an email documenting her story and this has been going on for nine days now, eight days, and every single day she's writing down and every single day she's like, I feel like God answered my prayers. I feel like this, like this is literally a miracle in my life. I'm at a young 20-year-old faced with having an elbow replacement and a shoulder replacement and like, what? Yeah, Are you kidding? Crazy. It's ridiculous. And now she's got an experience where every single day her life is different that's huge oh, it's, it's, and yeah, you don't incredible. have to again you don't have to have cancer or rheumatoid arthritis for this stuff to work if you can go to work like you've mentioned several times you come home at the end of the day and look back and you're like today was a good day that can be so real that can be reality for so many people 
right? But but that 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 in itself is 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 vital. I mean, that's the one thing you know. My wife has sort of said when she's used this sort of CBD, she's just been like, yeah, I just just in a just in a better mood, just feel a bit better. Quality yeah. life is important, but it is, isn't it? I mean, you know, and actually, I'd argue that you know, even if even if these products aren't curing, you know just to make your life more manageable when mm-hmm. you've gone through years and years of discomfort and yeah. pain, you know, that is going to be an absolutely huge thing for people, yeah. you know, and, and that's the beauty of it. And that's what I get so frustrated about that more and more people are sort of limited with the access to mm-hmm. this. It's tides are turning though. It's tides going little by little. And I think, you know, just as a snowball rolls down the hill, it starts slow and small. And then as it gains momentum and size, it just like steamrolls down the hill well, it's a pretty terrible analogy. Steam and snow don't go together, but you know what I mean. It um, it, it gains momentum and uh, and inertia, and that's the same thing with this industry. One more state legalizes, one more country legalizes, one more thing opens up, lightens up, and then more people jump on the bandwagon. With Canada's legalization of cannabis um, federally, that's going to spark a lot of fast movement in the next couple of years for sure. This conversation will be entirely different in twenty twenty two. For sure. Oh yeah, well, yeah. we'll 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 readdress it. Yeah. Then as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's going in the right direction. It's good. Um. Uh. But it is frustrating that it's not moving faster and that it's not just like, oh, there's an oak tree that's perfectly legal. Do anything you want with the acorns. Oh, there's a hemp plant perfectly legal. Do anything you want with it. That's how it should be, right? No, I, listen, I, I I I totally agree with you. I think we're probably gonna have to. Um, yeah, I think so. So close. We've yeah, done let's go get nearly, some lunch or something. Nearly huh? an hour and forty minutes, yeah. but a fascinating a conversation. One. And um, let, let's let's do this again next time you're next Happy time you're to. over here. Yeah. Be, it was, it you was, can do it over the phone if you'd like. I'm available um, a lot of the times, but I'm, I'm I've been traveling here more and more. Um, we're doing a lot of business in in Europe and um, helping to open up some markets and provide compliant, legal, regulated products for people that, and that's mm. certainly important because we've seen we've seen a huge explosion in mm. in interest in cbd products in yeah. the last two to three years in the uk and i think i think the thirst for cbd products is is is, is only we're only just starting yeah and i think uh, you know there's more and more people sort of actually realize just how beneficial yeah. cbd can be to probably everybody you know you know, one way or not. I mean, you know, like earlier, we were giving it to the dog. Yeah. Uh, oh, Winston loves it, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he actually, I, um, I, I saw a friend of mine yesterday and he had this little um, this little terrier who's got this sort of skin condition where he yeah. basically licked off all of his fur. Yeah, his, dogs do that. On, yeah. his, on his arms. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, arms and, well, off legs. Legs, whatever. <laughs> whatever they are. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm clearly a bit too relaxed after some CBD as well. <laughs> and... Um, he started giving this dog CBD because he actually suffers from anxiety when mm. when when people leave him in the house. Mm. And he's always running around and all this sort of jazz. And he said, you know, just give him a few drops of CBD. And you see within 10, 15 minutes, this dog really starts to, to relax and, and, and completely different to how he'd normally behave. Mm-hmm. So and that in itself is also, I mean, just just the applications of. We had a gentleman reach out to us around Fourth uh, of July in America, and there's obviously a lot of fireworks and things like that that happen. And he reached out to us the week before and said, um, you know, my dog has terrible anxiety. We're planning a nice Fourth of July get together, and he always like just takes away from the party because we have to like baby him and really care for him because he gets so anxious, even in thunderstorms, any loud bangs, he just gets terrified. So, do you think your your pet tincture would work? And 
So this helped a lot of pets with anxiety, you know, give it a try. We'll send you a free sample. And so we did that. Um, he gave the dog some, some CBD that day. Um, and before, before the fireworks and he said he was out on the patio sitting there with them chewing on his bone, watching the fireworks. He's like, this has never, I could not even imagine that. Like he said, we were considering taking our dog and leaving him at a kennel. And, and like he said, we've had to go to drastic measures to make sure he's okay in these situations or make plans or spend money to like fix the problem. He's like, this was remarkable. Wrote us a long email the next day. He's like, I never could have imagined my dog could behave this way. And that, and that is incredible it's because a, a dog, a dog's not going to lie. It's not going to, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't, it's, <laughs> it's not just in their head. It's not like, cause a lot of people ask too, they're like, I'm wondering if this is like, is it in my head or is my pain really gone? Is this a placebo effect or is it really? And my question back always is, does it matter? Does, does it really matter? First of all, you're probably not going to go get blood work right now to physically see if this is doing this or this or this in your body, right? But if your experience for these few hours while the CBD is metabolizing in your body is that your pain is gone or your anxiety is less or your headache went away or you're pooping better, whatever it happens to be, does it matter if it's placebo or if it's working? I mean, the reality is in the sciences it's working, but point is, no, if you a good point. want to believe in something or if you want to be skeptical about it and it's like that's helping to cause the effect, let it cause the effect, right? Our minds are very, very powerful things very powerful things we can train our bodies to do certain things we can food can be more beneficial we can absorb more vitamins and minerals and proteins from the things that we eat by doing it intentionally and using our brain to to focus on that right so um we won't go on that segment but that's that's um, that's another podcast yeah it probably is but um but yeah it's um it does work and dogs can't lie and you know there's no they can't make up a story or a testimony or whatever it's like you know, stupid humans. I've been I've been fooling them all along. You know, I actually do like fireworks. <laughs> I just like the attention better. Not happening. <laughs> Not happening. Right? Yeah. No, I completely cool. agree. Listen, Bill, it's been an absolute pleasure, yeah, my that's friend. Kind of good. Re- re- really nice to sort of meet you and to chat with you. And uh, thank you for uh, giving me your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, for having me on. This is excellent. Great conversation. Thank you. Cheers, man.